So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 52 of So So There. there. (laughs) I'm Gary Doyle. And I'm Tom Karamitis. And it, it feels like, it feels like, like a year since we've done this. I know we had a it few does. false starts. <laughs> we had a few uh, aborted podcast recording sessions, so that partially explains our delinquency. I forgot. That's what happened. I you, forgot. <laughs> you forgot, and I had a Saturday where I was having a meltdown over <laughs> over how much money we were all losing in the stock market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at it every. You look at your 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 balance every twelve seconds. I've not looked at mine in six months. I think you so have we're a, a little different. Outlook. We're a little different. <laughs> uh, I don't know if either one's the right extreme, but <laughs> you know, yeah, just uh, how we're wired, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how are you, Tom? I'm 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 good, Gary. How are you? You sound like you have a bit of a cold. I do. I do have a cold. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a cold. I don't have the COVID. I've taken two tests, but I do have a cold. It's gone from sneezing fits and runny nose and all that stuff the last couple of days. Now it's migrated to a very stuffed up nose, which maybe you can you can all hear. But like like Nigel Tufnell, I am a professional and I'll rise above. It actually increases your uh, you know your sexiness sound. I'd say. Ah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm sure. I'm sure our audience recognizes that as well. Wow, Gary, sounds a little sexier. Sexy time. More alluring Gary. than ever. Yeah, more alluring than ever. Think our if that's possible. Seven listeners. Well, it's one of the things we complained about last time was that we weren't really, <laughs> we weren't getting any any emails. And one of th- what one of the things we were going to do, just in case we continue to not get any emails, is read some of the. Some of the thousands of pieces of spam that flood our so there at yahoo.com email box. But alas, not necessary. We did get some email over the last month and a half. And as, as we always promised, we were going to read a couple of them. Yeah, so this first letter is from a listener named Craig. And this is about uh, what we talked about a podcast or two back, which is the weird... The weird proclivities of certain people to, um, when you're using a bathroom stall, shall we say, you're in the stall using it, even though there might be six different stalls that are open in the line of stalls in the bathroom, some people will come and sit right next to you to do their business, even though there's lots of other open stalls. It's just a thing. Some people, and we talked about that. So Craig, Craig, uh who's a colleague at work, uh, wrote this and said, uh, I got a good laugh out of this topic as I completely agree that one should keep an open space between stalls when you can. It baffles me why anyone in their right mind would want, no, choose to be that much closer to the mayhem. 
Nothing more infuriating than someone sitting right next to you and unleashing the hounds with apparently no shame can completely ruin what should be a somewhat relaxing endeavor as you push out your toxins. I recall at a past agency, let's call it McCann, we were in a situation where we only had two stalls along with two urinals, if you're wondering. Suffice to say, for most sane and courteous humans, if you walked in and out and the stalls if you walked in and one of the stalls was taken, you would wait it out or go to another bathroom. But not, quote, Wayne. I'm assuming this is a, 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 a assumed name. No siree. He'd sit down right next to you and let all hell break loose. I remember taking my place and then hearing someone come in and claim the throne right next to me. I knew it was Wayne by his size 12.5 brown hush puppies. It was infuriating, especially if you weren't done with your end of the business. Fortunately for my psyche, you could operate the lights to the bathroom on the way out, which would make the bathroom pitch black. I'm sure it took Wayne quite some time to blindly take care of his duties and walk, hands outstretched, to find the switch. A little revenge for sure. Of course, Wayne walked the halls trying to locate the shoes he must have noticed sitting next to him. Luckily, I noticed this and switched to the shoes in my workout bag. And yes, I learned to keep an extra pair of shoes in my office for these types of situations. (laughs) This also led to an invention I'm sure would come in handy in these kind of situations and could be easily constructed with two pieces of wood or PVC, fake legs, including shoes and pants. Very portable, and you could bring it to the bathroom with you, placing the, quote, fake shitter next to you, thus freeing up a space if you're on the outside. Or hell, make two pairs and surround you with this illusion. Anyway, great to stroll down memory lane with this much-needed topic of discussion. Best, Craig. I love that. Craig uh, Craig, Craig educated me there. I mean, uh, I'd never heard Unleash the Hounds. I'd never heard <laughs> Push Out Toxins. Toxins. I just always kind of fell fell back on uh, Drop the Kids Off at the Pool. Um Craig clearly has given a lot of thought to this, and uh, and good for him. And I, I, and I dare I say, perhaps a little traumatized by uh, things. I'll tell you, I like the fact that he uh, he had an extra pair of shoes at the office because that could have been an ugly confrontation. <laughs> I wonder if that meant that he couldn't wear those those shoes he was wearing ever again, or at least for a few for a month or so. Because I wonder if. Uh, the guy with the the hush puppies was kind of hunting every day for the his nemesis. <laughs> it sounds like it, Wayne. Yeah, I, I mean Wayne, I think so. But the, turning out the lights is also pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty baller maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you said we have another letter. Yeah, we have another letter uh, from Tom L, uh, who is who is uh, enjoyed episode fifty, which was our momentous extravaganza uh, you know it was our 50th episode we we did a remote broadcast from the whatever it was the, i think the party city up in vernon hills and uh tom sent a letter saying gentlemen i apologize for being so far behind in my listening but i just listened to episode 50 and have some feedback first the theme song is awesome no it's the future of awesome no it allows me to awesome more nicely done now it's a great send up of every of every Broadway musical cliche in the songbook, kudos to the composer. He said, and yes, that is the 
Mr. Chris Plansker, uh, who wrote that theme. Second, insurance company ads. I think they're so prolific because those companies have a product they can't show and money to burn not showing it. I say they can't show it because the real product, payment on a claim, is not evident until disaster strikes and they can't promise to come through when it does. Ironically, it's a product that we have to buy but hope never to use. Thirdly, brilliant move to broadcast from a retail store. It's not only conceptually fun, but the trouble you went through shows a commitment to your show. I think you should do this more often. Imagine recording at Hobby Lobby, where you can give us a tour of the, quote, don't get lost in our own house signage aisle, featuring fake old-timey signs that shout kitchen, laundry, and family. Other places like Pep Boys, Home Goods, Trader Joe's, on and on and on. So there, Tom L. Tom enjoyed episode 50. Yeah, good letter. Thank yes. you, Tom. And I and thank you for your appreciation of us going to Party City. Tom and Gary had to go to the very top echelons of management of Party City to secure that uh, remote. That's what they call it in the business, that remote recording. Uh, we got to know the leadership of uh, Party City and... Um, yeah, so I'm glad you appreciated that, Tom. And we were able to help a few wayward customers during the recording, if I recall. You know, people looking for the confetti aisle, you know. We did. So there. We did get one, uh, one I was prepared, though, in case we got no mail. We did get one piece of, of, of memorable spam. I'll read just the headline of it for you. Uh, uh, burial insurance for as little as $15 a month at burialinsurance.com. Protect your family from crippling debt. There's our, there's our dip into the mailbag. Well, Gary, what do you have for us as we dive into episode 52? Well, Tom, um, the letter writer Tom L's um, reference to, uh, to insurance ads is perhaps a good place to start. So we've talked quite a bit about advertisers' um, uh, habit, which enrages us, of using nouns as verbs, uh, uh, you know, family greatly, uh, I saw I saw another one just the other day. I think it was summer. Amazingly, <laughs> summer used as a verb. Let's summer, and uh, and it kind of re- related to that. I wanted to uh, talk about uh, advertising words that, if you think about it, don't make any sense. Ad copy that doesn't make any sense. So, Tom, are you uh, are you familiar with Michelob Ultra commercials? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Michelob Ultra is a beer, and they're usually, uh, you know, they 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 uh, they market to athletes. So it shows people working out and sweating, and as you know, this amazing gym outfits on, and they look great. They're all good looking, uh, and, uh, and 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 it's an ad for Michelob Ultra, and their line at the end. Which at, at at first glance is innocuous, and you just if you don't think about it much, it just is every other like every other ad tagline you see. But if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. Michelob Ultra's tagline is, "It's only worth it 
if you enjoy it. <laughs> it's only worth it if you enjoy it. I don't know. Wait a minute. So, right? So I'm thinking, so you think about it like, wait, something is only worthwhile if you enjoy it. If I build my house, if I build a house by myself with my bare hands and I do all the carpentry and the nail work and the studs and the foundation, and some people do that, if I were to do that, I would say that's worth it. Did I enjoy it? Probably not. Well, to that point, Gary. Think about your biannual colonoscopy, all right? You may be one of the few people that actually enjoy them. I don't, but you know what? It's still worth it. It's worth it because it's, uh, it's very important preventative medicine. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good example because I kind of do enjoy it. I always say, no, you don't need to use the anesthetic, doc. It's all right. <laughs> and you know what? I'd kind of like to watch. Leave the camera on. So don't worry about that. But yeah, I just, you know, it's just, it's inane. Um, I used to have a creative director when I started at Leo Burnett who, this line doesn't quite, isn't quite as senseless, but it was another beer ad Bud did for a long time. Bud Light, I think. And he did these ads. He wrote the line and even he said, it kind of doesn't make sense. And the line was, the best never comes easy. That's why there's nothing else like it. Wow. That that sent me in like four different directions at once. You remember those ads? Yeah. One of them was one of them was a football player trying out for the team, a pro football player, and he was a lineman and he made a good block. And the guy crossed the line who was a veteran, looked at the little tape with his on his helmet with the name on it, and looked at him with respect and said, Croder, huh? One of the first commercials directed by Joe Picca, FYI. And then they showed that, and then the line came on, the best never comes easy. That's why there's nothing else like it. You know what? You've got me until the last part of the line, which I totally don't understand. What does that have to do with the first part of the line? That's why there's nothing else like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not as nonsensical as it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Although I would counter and say it's only worth it if you enjoy it. I understand the thought. It, it's a it's a strange, it's a, it, it, it's a strange piece of logic as you pointed out. But the other one, uh, the 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 summary at the end of the line doesn't seem to pay off what came before it in any meaningful way. Right. Well, you know, back in the eighties, Tom, a lot of ad people did cocaine. <laughs> Maybe that's the explanation. So there. You know, uh, I will. I, I will kind of tag on to that a little bit um, uh, because I, I came across a spot that's running quite a bit now, and and it really. It's a commercial they're running for Chevy, and it is, to me, probably the, 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 the laziest concepts I can think of recently, which is like, if you, I guess if you're totally bereft of any ideas at all, you say, let's do this. Let's license a song and have people sing to it. 
That's the whole commercial. They licensed the Fleetwood Mac song Everywhere, which is a 35-year-old song, and all they do is cut to different groups, different groups of people in the car singing to the song that none of them in the real world would ever be singing to. You know the song Everywhere? Can you hear me calling out your name? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that one. I want to be with you everywhere. Yeah. And, and it's I just... Have, Good. I didn't notice they were singing. Are they singing along in that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's your typical kind of all across America, you know, all ages, all races. The common thread is the 35-year-old Fleetwood Mac song, which was kind of a B-level hit probably for them. It wasn't, uh, you know. Yeah. But I just thought it was such a, it's a strange selection and just a totally lazy idea i mean i guess they just wanted let's just show we just want to show shots of the car driving you know but i mean i don't know (laughs) well chevy truck likes people remember that uh, they like people kind of grooving to the music singing the music remember the the commercial year or two ago that played queen's song we will rock you yeah and people weren't singing it but they were clapping along to it they were grooving in the car to it and clapping along to it. And it took me about a dozen views before I understood what they were trying to say, why they were people in this car were clapping along to the song. And it was a hands-free driving ad. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They were clapping. And, and th- that, that thing you just said at the end was the part that I think most people didn't get. It was, <laughs> it was that we're, they were trying to communicate hands-free. Yeah, that is the last refuge of, uh, yeah, when you're bereft of ideas. Having people say it, and you're right. Um, you also mentioned uh, noun as verb. Um, there is another one that's out there now, um, and you've probably seen it uh, for the NFL. Uh, this is how you football. <laughs> I think it's an ad for the, an NFL app you have on your phone, and you can, I guess, watch highlights or whatever. <laughs> I I have seen that. Yeah, this is how you football. This idea has legs that I never ever imagined five it's, years ago that we'd still be talking about it. And and we've been talking about it for a long time, and yet, and yet, the advertising community persists in continuing to do it. I would think our broad marketing listenership would cause people to go, huh? Maybe not present. This is how we football. So there. I think it's only fair if we're going to sit here and be very, very critical of other people's advertising that perhaps (laughs) we should give back. And I like to give back in a little feature we call Uh, You're Welcome. And I, I haven't bounced this one off you yet, Gary, but I'm curious what you'll think of this. Um, the American Grape Board, right? The, there is the, such a thing? Well, let's assume there is. There must be some, you know. Wait, there. I thought your welcome was you fixing existing ads. No, your welcome is me offering up a free gift to, a, to an ad, a marketer, an advertiser. It's either fixing or creating. In this case... You know, 
I think uh, I think the American Grape Board or whatever the, the 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 jurisdiction is that handles the marketing of grapes in this country. I I offer them this amazing grapes, how sweet the taste. And then I didn't get past that, but I figured there's a start. It's kind of a throwback to the incredible edible egg of the 1970s. Gets in you, doesn't it? Yeah, they should create a grape board just to make that ad. <laughs> Perhaps we could create a grape board. We could go to the grape growers and say, you know what you need? A board. And then they'll go, yeah, kind of do need a board. And then and we'll say, you, you know what else you need? An ad where you sing, amazing grapes. Tom Karamitis, another pearl of wisdom just explodes from his forehead like Penelope from Zeus. So there. Tom, we like to uh, occasionally um, do something where you imagine a life where if, if you were king... Uh, and you're king of the world and you can make all the decisions about the things that people do, um, uh, you would uh, say this. I decree. So if I were king of the world and I would like to decree some things, I have a couple of decrees to make today. One is... Uh, came across this on Facebook and <clears throat> a couple of times last week and they earned the instant snooze for 30 days button the nuclear option the nuclear option is unfriending somebody but it's the defcon 2 option of okay I don't want to hear from them for 30 days boom it's a it's a it's a it's a button I hit often on Facebook I'm not on Facebook nearly as much as I used to but occasionally I look at the news feed and boom defcon 2 so this this happened a couple times last week. The habit of people humble bragging, and we're all familiar with humble bragging, but humble bragging uh, about work. So I'll give you a couple examples. One person posted a picture of him on a hammock on a beach. You know, it was one of those shots shot from him, and you can see his feet on the, on the hammock, and there's a beach in the background, and the, and the caption said, this is my office today. Was it? Boom. You know, I, I love that. Snoozed for thirty days. <laughs> Do you remember in the go go nineties uh, when everyone's getting what all these people in, in the tech sector were getting rich quickly? That there was an investment bank or something that had a, a tagline at the end that said, "If you're doing rather well," and then I don't remember what the rest of it was, but I just remember cringing at that. Really. Yeah, it's insufferable. And there was another example, again, last week. It was a producer, and you're a producer, Tom. You would never do this. I hope not. But it was a producer on a job, clearly an exotic place like uh, Hawaii or Maui or something like that or uh, somewhere, you know, a luxurious beach. It was a picture of the beach, and, uh, and the caption was, Yep, location scout almost complete. I think Facebook needs, so DEFCON 2 is 
snooze them for 30 days. DEFCON 1 is unfriend them. The nuclear option Facebook needs to create is a button that says needs to be killed. <laughs> That's the oh. button just needs to be killed. And that would be a message that would be sent to them. That's my idea. For uh, beyond unfriending somebody, they need to be killed. Location scout almost complete. <laughs> or perhaps a less a less permanent solution is it automatically triggers their, their tax returns to be audited for the last seven years. <laughs> you know? Maybe maybe they're financing some of these trips in kind of a nefarious way, you know? There, maybe there's something going on. Maybe we should just kind of double check. <laughs> Frank Rodriguez from the Internal Revenue Service, sir. We'd like to talk to you about your location, Scout. So there. Uh, I also have an... I decree. And uh, my, uh, my, my I decree for today is I want to eliminate a really annoying phrase that's popped into a lot of commercials lately. Uh, and that phrase is side hustle. I'd never oh, heard of I, it. I, you'd never heard? Oh, I hate that phrase. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... Uh, and and now every you know all the the kind of the cool hit marketers are using it you know oh it's my side hustle it just sounds to me the phrase just sounds like there's something illicit you know to me hustle the word hustle to me always kind of meant like you know i'm gonna kind of and and maybe it's just a bad association i have but i always thought that the 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 term hustle meant i'm gonna kind of rip you off you know i'm gonna kind of do something that's not quite on the level so to me, side hustle is oh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of doing this on the side, and it, don't tell anybody because it's not really. I, I don't know. I just find the phrase nebulous and annoying at the same time. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I hate it. I mean, it used to be called moonlighting, right? Yeah, You're moonlighting. You have a second job, making some extra money, right? That's the same concept. Now it's side hustle. My problem with it is a little different from yours. It's the endless, like it's the endless American compulsion to work. Like it's not enough to to do your job and to do your job well and all that. No, no, no. You have to have a side hustle. Then you got a side hustle to make some more money. Yeah. Make some more money. Side hustle. You're, the hustle in your own job is not enough. No, no. <laughs> got to have a side hustle. Right. You're not doing enough unless you have several jobs. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, yeah. the American compulsion of the busyness as a badge. Oh, so busy. Oh my gosh, so busy. Try to take vacation, can't. Too busy. Yeah. The whole place would fall apart if I wasn't there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing that I would decree, Tom, if I was a king of the world. I decree. People need to stop saying frankly and right. People misuse frankly. People will put frankly in front of something that isn't really a frank statement. Like, frankly, it's freezing today on a 10-degree day. You know? Uh, You know, frankly, you know, frankly, I'm having a great time. Well, it's not really being frank, right? People misuse that phrase all the time. It's unnecessary. They, They put frankly in front of thoughts that 
that aren't really frank or aren't really a controversial opinion. If I were to say to you, you know, frankly, Tom, your last haircut was really bad. That's that's being frank. You're saying something that's tough. You know, saying like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, frankly, this dessert is delicious. It's not. It's not being frank. So I, I would like to decree that that stop. And the other thing that I would like to decree that people stop saying is, right, at the end of sentences, right? Right, whatever point you want to make, whatever it is, say, right? You know, we all, we all you know, talking to a client, we all know that you need a breakthrough idea, right? And, uh, and you know, we, we have a very low budget, right? And so we need to find something that communicates to consumers in a powerful way, right? You know, you hear this a lot. It's like this, is it like a is it a need for affirmation is it like a need for what i'm saying is you agree right 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 <laughs> it seems like that it's like this right it's 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 constant it's an epidemic in it and i decree that it needs to stop yeah cuz to me it always it feels more like it just kind of an annoying verbal tick you know the person probably isn't even aware that they're doing it um yeah uh, uh, the uh, I found another thing uh, that I find sometimes in meetings, which is I used to think was passive aggressive, but I think at this point really it's truly aggressive. Is that somebody addresses you by name? What's what's wrong with that? Well, in a meeting, um, I think the problem we're having here, Gary, is you know you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know at home uh, or or in a personal conversation, if somebody addresses me by name, um, they're angry. So I just, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little postury to me too. It's a little bit a little like bit of um, a power move. A little I bit think of a so. Power move. Yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm not addressing yeah. the room anymore, Gary. That's not the way we. That's not the way we look for directors. Okay, <laughs> we don't call your personal friends. That's not really what's driving driving this assignment. Okay. Now, a real power move would be doing all three of those. Like, frankly, Tom. <laughs> You don't seem to have it together in this production, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Well, Tom, I guess that uh, uh, that about wraps up uh, the episode. I think we've covered uh, a lot of annoyances, uh, a lot of things people really shouldn't be doing, and our job, our work is done here today. So for uh, for Tom and Gary. So there. So there.